Amen. Holy Spirit, we only embrace you. Lord, in Jesus' name, we rebuke any lying spirits, any deceiving spirits, oppressing spirits, and anything that is not of you, God, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask for freedom and delivering your word today in the power of God. He's amazing. I'm so grateful for God and what he's done in my life and yours, and I'm excited about what he has planned for us. So here we are, the last Sunday of 2020, and a lot of people are all excited about that, but you don't know what's coming, so maybe... You should be grateful for everything that has happened this year. This may have been the easiest year of the remaining days of your life. I'm not a joke. I'm being serious. As we look at what God says to us, I want you to know in His Word what God says to us. Not what me and you think, not what we're being told, but what God's Word says to us. He says that we can know the future. God says that to us. The Holy Spirit is so faithful to us, church. He is calling to us. He is speaking to us. He is leading us. He's convicting us. He's guiding us. He's revealing truth to us. The Holy Spirit is so active. See, what everybody's hoping is that 2021 will return to normalcy. But the truth is, normal is only what you're used to. Right? Seriously. Some people have been wearing masks so long that it's normal and they're uncomfortable without it now. No, I'm, not, I'm not like making fun. I'm saying seriously. See, whatever becomes comfortable and normal to you is where you feel the most normal. And so anything can be normal. People in abusive situations stay there because it's normal. And when they get out of them, they oftentimes return. Because they feel uncomfortable in what now is different than what they're used to. Therefore, we have a tendency as human beings to desire that place where we feel normal, regular, and in control, even if it's out of control. But we seek that place where I can feel normal. Well... None of the events of 2020 globally took God by surprise. Not at all. We know this. He was not surprised by any of the events that happened in your and my life. God knew them before they happened. Before He spoke the world into existence, He knew the days that we would live. Hmm. So I want you to know that he is not surprised at anything. You're not shocking him by what you're doing or not doing. He's not holding his breath to wait on you. God is actively working today, just as he was in the very beginning. Nothing has changed in the activity of God and who he is. So in that church, there is great hope. There is peace. And we can find rest in the midst of it all in God's presence. So the John, the only of the disciples that did not die a martyr's death, and probably we in the church should kind of think about that a little more frequently, that all of the disciples except John died because of their faith in Jesus. 
John, being exiled to the Isle of Patmos, was placed on that island, kind of like England dropped off their, their prisoners on, uh, in Australia. Uh, if you don't know that, it's fact in history that that's what they did with them. They just dumped them on that island and left them. So this is what happened to John. He was exiled on the island of Patmos because of his faith in Jesus. And on Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit and power and only God's stuff came and Jesus himself showed up to John and gave him the entire book of Revelation as a story to the church of hope and victory. The fact that our king reigns and that he is king of kings and lord of lords. And so that book was given so that we would have this hope in all situations. (laughs) Now, when you begin that book, chapter 1 is John explaining his exile and then this vision that comes. And it's pretty cool that when John saw Jesus, he didn't like recognize him for who he was in that moment. I want you to understand that because see, he was the conquering king. And he saw him and he explains his appearance to us. It's pretty phenomenal. And Jesus begins by saying, John, I want you to write to the seven churches of Asia Minor. So these are actual physical churches. But in those days, you need to understand that it would be like the church in Tucson is the church of Jesus Christ that meets in various houses. I'm talking about churches and homes where people are actually following Jesus and meeting. So the messages weren't just for a isolated campus, but for the church of Jesus Christ in that region. It's the same as all the other epistles that we read. Book of Ephesians, Colossians, Corinthians, all those were the church all over. And then they passed the letters amongst the churches as well. So just so you know that. But one thing when we, we see here in this, this message from Jesus, as he gives this to the, the Apostle John to the churches, he speaks this message and he gives the very same introduction and the very same action step conclusion to every one of these churches. Not preached about that in the past. I'm not re-preaching a message to you. I don't do that. I'm just going to use these references as we go through what God has to say to us. So this is what God's word says right here. Jesus began every single one of those letter commitments to the church. He said, I know. Those two words. I know. He knows. He knows. At the conclusion of what he spoke through the apostle John... He ended with this statement to all of them. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. So this message that Jesus gave was not a message to the world or to the unconverted. The message that Jesus gave was to the church, to those who are claiming Jesus, who say they were the redeemed and were gathering together on the first day of the week and any other day that they assembled for Jesus' sake as the body of Christ. The message was for them to hear what the Spirit was saying. In 2020, I want you all to know, including you guys in security in the lobby, hey, hey Ken, I can hear you brother. You need to listen right now. All y'all. In 2020, (laughs) it seemed like many in the church lost sight of the fact that our God knows. 
We did. Church, it was all over the place. We lost sight of the fact that God knows all. And the fact that God says that He works through the events of this world. The events that happen in our personal life, God is at work in every situation. On election day, God didn't take a vacation. Come on, He knew what was going on. He knows what's going on. It's like we've lost sight of the fact that God knows. Jesus said to the church, I know. I know. I know. He knows the corruption of the world everywhere. All right, look, church, this is the thing. When we know this and we see God knows all, He is working through these events in our personal life. He's working through the global issues of the world. For don't forget this, Jesus didn't die for the United States of America. He died for the world. And as He speaks to us, His purpose, God's purpose, please don't miss this, is the transformation of every lost soul into personal relationship with Himself through Jesus Christ. And that that person that is redeemed becomes Christ-like in their walk with Him. That is God's purpose. That's His vision. That's ours. Don't lose sight of that. That is above all things. God has seen the rise and fall of many nations. And it has not changed His plan. God has seen the rise and fall of many churches and has not changed His plan. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, each of the seven churches that Jesus addresses were facing different things. But through it all, the Holy Spirit was at work. I'm only going to read highlights of the seven churches, so don't panic and think we're going to preach on all of them as you hear me start reading. We're going to read a lot of verses right now, but it's really important for us to see what God is saying to us through these letters. He begins with the church in Ephesus, and this is what it says, I know all things you do. See that word, I know? That's where he starts, right? I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Man, so far they're like, woohoo! Amen, everybody's cheering and clapping like we do. Right? Everybody's excited. Jesus is saying, you guys are awesome. But, he puts that word in there. I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Jesus says, look, either you repent and start getting it right, or I'm closing your doors. (laughs) Working hard, Patient in challenges, patient in suffering, but they lost that love. What was happening? They were doing church like they always did. That's the problem. They were just doing it. And they began to function as a church, doing church 
with no love. They needed to repent. The church in Smyrna, I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they're Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Isn't that crazy? See, Jesus says there are churches, that's what he's telling us, that belong to Satan. They're not proclaiming Satan. They're proclaiming to be a church of God, but they're of Satan. Okay, listen, this is what he goes on. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days, but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Man, you guys are doing awesome, he says. You have revealed stuff. You've been staying in the truth. You're doing so great. You're going to face some hard times, and it's coming. You're going to go to prison even, but I'm going to be with you. No need to repent in this church. Just get ready. Stuff's coming. Church in Pergamon. I know that you live in a city where Satan has his throne. Yet you have remained loyal to me. You have refused to deny me. Even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. But I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans among you who follow the same teaching. Repent of your sin, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Tolerant of wrong teaching, this church, though they were doing some really good things, they were tolerating some false teaching that had to do with material goods and sexual sin. Everything appealing to the flesh. You see, if you know your Old Testament, you know he's referencing Balaam and Balak in the Old Testament where the heathen king brought out a prophet of God to curse Israel, and he said, I can't curse them. They are of God, but this is what we can do because he wanted payment from the king. He connived to deceive the people into sinning against God. Man, it's crazy stuff right here, church. Repent. Church in Thyatira, I know all things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance, and I can see your constant improvement in all these things. Man, that's sounding really good right there. There's growth, there's all this stuff happening. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent. She does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and the intentions of every person, and I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. See, the church was doing a lot of great things, but tolerating sexual sin and immorality. Because the church wasn't calling people out for their sin and telling them they needed to repent. Jesus said, look, man, I'm coming against you. What did he say? 
the sword of my mouth. What is that? The word of God. See, it's not obedient to the word of God. Not just the ones we want to embrace, but what God says to us in his word. The church in Sardis. I know all the things you do. And that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. The name Christian, that's life. But you're dead. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. There's just a baby little heartbeat. Barely surviving. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and His angels that they are mine. Amen. I love it. God gives us hope always. Even in the midst of a promise of judgment, there's hope. Many spiritually dead Christians existing in this church, not living in obedience to God's word, and He calls them to repent. Church in Philadelphia. I know all the things you do. I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens in the city of my God. The new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Man, good stuff. A committed, persevering, enduring church of true Christians. It's an awesome church. The church of Laodicea. Probably the most known by all of us here today. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. We probably should highlight that one. I correct and discipline everyone I love. Sometimes we feel like we're being punished for something we did wrong. No, he loves you. And sometimes you'll be being punished because he loves you. Because what is he trying to do? Just like we as parents do, try and correct so that you get better at what you're supposed to be doing. 
So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. So here's the church, comfortable, financially doing okay, no crazy issues to deal with, just doing church with life going on as usual. And the church was doing church without Jesus. And that verse is to the church right there. We've used that as a gospel verse and stuff, and scripture can be used for different purposes. I understand that. But listen, the, the thing that he's saying right here is he's talking to the church that I'm knocking on the door. Jesus is outside. Let me come in. Let me be a part of what you're doing. See, that's why they were lukewarm. He wasn't even there. Repent. So all of these churches were in different situations, needing a different response to situations in their lives. They were all facing different stuff, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yet geographically, they weren't that far apart. They were in Asia Minor. If you know your history or you just look it up, it's fine. They were all over the place in the map, crossing a country line and different influences politically and stuff like that. So all of them were facing different stuff. So sometimes we can get this tunnel vision of us. I'm talking to us, church, in the United States of America. And we only see things globally through our own lens. But the church of Jesus Christ is everywhere. It's all over the world. And the church is facing different things in different areas all the time. They always have been. And so we've become so inclusive in, in whatever you want to call it, in our brains, so much about us that because of what we face this year, we think it's all over with and Jesus is coming back because things aren't normal for us. What normal for us is comfortable. I'm talking about to us, the church in the United States. We, we've been comfortable for a long time. And so now we got uncomfortable and we think it's all over with. I'm not saying it's not over with. Don't misunderstand me. But see, what we perceive is because I'm uncomfortable and things aren't normal, it must be the end. But as we look at what Jesus reveals to us to seven different churches, we find that every one of these churches were going through different stuff politically, socially, economically, spiritually. They were going through all kinds of different stuff. And five of the seven churches needed to repent themselves. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty high statistics. That five of the seven churches of Jesus Christ needed to repent. It was not a call for the world to repent, but for the church. And Jesus said, I'm the one that you need to understand will close your doors. The two that didn't need to repent... Go back through that stuff on your own time, okay? I don't mean that this isn't your time. I meant that respectfully. I'm just simply saying, like, look, the two that didn't need to repent, he said, more challenges are on their way. <laughs> he didn't say, you guys are awesome. You're going to get comfortable now. <laughs> it's not what he said. Trust me. Keep doing what you're doing. There's more coming. So as I, I give you this amazing word for 2021, more is coming. Yeah. 
Like, what? Wait a minute. Please don't speak any words like that. (laughs) See, we want to have blessings and not cursings. And we want to hear good promises and blessings of God, which translate into my comfort. Comfort. That's what we want to hear. Okay? You have comfort in Jesus Christ. Okay? This is not like a gloom and doom message at all. It's us looking to God's word and what he has to say to us in everything that we face. Because even within the community right here called Christian Faith Fellowship, both in person and online, I want you to know that you see, we will face different things, very different things right here. This could be the best year of some of y'all's life. And some of you, it could be the worst in the sense of our human existence, right? I mean, that can happen right here. So when we get the bigger picture and we begin to look at God, I say, God, first off, each church, including CFF, a lot of times I make a joke and say, you know, it's not us, it's everybody else, of course. Today I want you to know I'm including us right here. We're dealing with stuff. We're going to deal with stuff. We're going to face some challenges. More stuff's coming our way. But more of God's presence is also available. More knowing the Holy Spirit than ever before. More security in who He is in my life than ever before. No matter what I face. See, when Jesus concluded those messages, He said, Church, if you have ears, listen to what the Spirit is saying. See, there's a call from God to trust Him through all things. The good news today, and there's a lot of it, is that God is not trying to figure it out on the fly. (laughs) He's not. He's not like rolling with it and dealing with it. He has a plan. You know that? God has a plan. And He is working His plan. We celebrated Christmas last week. And you remember these words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in the fullness of time. God sent forth. That's a pretty amazing statement right there. See, in the fullness, that meant in God's time. Right on schedule. (laughs) The church and everybody thought, like, that should have happened long ago. Where is He at? I mean, I got stuff on my list for God to do, and He hasn't done it yet. And I'm like, hey, the fullness of Dave's time is now. <laughs> Let's go. We got to make this happen. God's time. God's perfect activity and God's perfect way as He always does everything. So he's actively working, and He is going to continue to work through the global activity that is around us. He knows. My brother Mark was driving home from Colorado, he was, or from Wyoming the other day, and he was telling me, you know, like he had the moon roof open looking at the stars. I mean, it was closed, but the slider was back seeing the stars, the fact that God's so personal. And God was just speaking in that moment, and he was like, then he said, look at that trucker over there. He's just as personal with him. And I'm saying that to you, church, because God's just as personal with you. Your little moon roof is open, and it's so personal that he sees you. And he has that kind of intimate relationship with you. But he does that with the people over in Africa and Asia and China and Russia and Czechoslovakia and any other place you want to name. He is that personal 
And he's that involved in their life too. <laughs> and so as we look at this, I'm like, man, God, you know, it's so crazy the fact that you are actively working through the global economics of the world. And yet you're also working through my personal events. And all of it goes together. That baffles my mind. If we just had one little window of what's happening in this congregation, we'd freak out. Seriously, like the stuff that's going on in every one of our lives, if it was just like in one screen, just a fast forward blur that went across with everybody's stuff, we'd be overwhelmed. We would hope it was the end. (laughs) And God's like, I'm in there. I'm doing stuff. I'm working. Here I am. Listen to me. I'm like, wow, God, I'm, I'm so amazed at how real and personal and amazing you really are. He's so amazing. See, God has this purpose that he's working on. And the purpose that God is working on is bringing us not only into relationship with him, but also into the likeness of Jesus Christ. This growing relationship with him will reflect Jesus. Okay, now, he is calling us to a stronger relationship with him than we've ever been in our lives. In all the seven churches, the bottom line existed. Calling them into being the church, calling them into being in a solid, strong, committed, fully trusting relationship with him and to understand he's going to hold us accountable. It's all the same. It's what he's saying. Okay, so one of our accountability questions I ask at the very beginning of the service, in case some of you that aren't here at the very beginning, and that's not disrespectful, I'm so glad. Whenever you show up, just be here. I don't care what time you get here. But I ask the accountability questions at the beginning now. And what are those questions do you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? Okay, so when we ask that question, see, he's not just talking for the sake of talking. And he doesn't normally have a conversation with us. There's those promptings, those convictions, that unrest, that movement inside of us where something's stirring. That's the Holy Spirit moving. That's him talking. That's him prompting and challenging. And always, church, always, he's leading us towards Christ-likeness. He is always affirming the word of God. Jesus told us this, that he would only speak what I tell him. Jesus said this. The Holy Spirit is not trying to take some new church or new idea and take us out here. He is affirming who Jesus is what Jesus came to do and what Jesus wants to do in our lives. That's what he's doing. That's what he's all about. He did say, Jesus did, that he would reveal the future to us. If we read right here in the scriptures, he has over and over again in God's word revealed the future to us. Over and over again. Okay, we were also warned in the, 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 the churches there not to listen to false prophets and there will be many. And John also said, test the spirits that you know they're of God. For there are lying spirits and deceiving spirits. Paul said, Satan himself will come and masquerade as an angel of light. Therefore, we in the church must know, hear, and understand, and move by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus' action step was simple. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He's saying to the churches. When He was teaching on the Holy Spirit, John 16, He said this, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me, Jesus, glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. You see that? It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The Holy Spirit. God the Father sends the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus, and Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, and they're all working together for one purpose. Amen. One purpose. Yep. <laughs> Yours and my Christ likeness, the gathering of the church as the family of God and the redemption of the world. It's God's plan and purpose. All that belongs to the Father's mind, this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. Church 2021 will bring blessings and challenges, all of which the Holy Spirit will work through to bring the church into a relationship with Him in a way that brings glory to Jesus Christ and shows the world that He's the Savior. Guaranteed. Write it down. That's a fact. It's going to happen. There's a prophetic word from you from God's word through these lips. It means nothing coming from this guy, but from God's word. It's going to happen. 2021 will bring the exact same opportunity for each of us individually. Opportunities to show that Jesus Christ is our personal Savior and the Savior of the world. Now what that looks like going to be very different for every one of us well but it's going to be it's going to happen god is working and he will continue to work through 2021 for his divine purpose understand church he is god and he has a purpose and a plan and if 2021 is the time he comes back great if it's 2022 2050 3050, I don't care. Nothing changes for me in my life or you in your life. Whether the United States rises or falls doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change Him. It does not change His plan. (laughs) I fully trust Him. Do you? He loves you. He loves me. He's calling us to this moment in our lives. Church, it's not time to play games there are many in the church that make excuses for their sexual sin there is none I don't know if you noticed but a couple of those churches had those issues going on and Jesus was not okay with it I'm not sure how we have this idea in our mind that we kind of can close that bedroom door and God doesn't know what's going on he knows what's going on it's not okay If you're not in right relationship with Him and with the person that you're with, it's not okay. And if we don't repent of that sin and get it right, He already told us what He'd do. I'll take you out. I'll close your doors. That's God. You want to oppose Him, you go ahead. But He's called us to repent, church. Do you personally know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know Him? If you do not know him, today's the day. All right, church, those of you that said yes, please don't answer this out loud. Did you repeat that after me?
Don't answer out loud. Shh, quiet. This is a question coming that you are not answering verbally out loud. Are you living in full obedience to the Holy Spirit? Are you living in full obedience to the Holy Spirit? I'm going to pause there because we need to think about that. See, what Jesus said to us is, I'm the one. He's the one we need to fear. He's the one that knows all things. He's the one that's holding us accountable, not me and you. It's Him. Are you living in full obedience to the Holy Spirit? The next question, will you trust Him in 2021 by surrender, trusting, and obeying? See, it's surrender. I surrender to you, God. You are God. I trust you in all circumstances, no matter what it is, and I will be obedient to what you say to me, no matter what. Stand with me. We're done. Altar's open if you want to come and pray, or you can sit in the front seats if you don't, can't kneel, whatever. You know what's going on between you and God. You hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, prompting you, challenging you, then you need to be obedient to Him. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What they think, they know. God knows. And if you need to pray, you need to pray. If you need to repent, you need to repent. You need to get things right, get it right. It's not a game. It's not a time for us to mess around, church. We need to be His church. His church. In full obedience to Him in every way. Father, we love You. We're so grateful for Jesus. Thank You for the Holy Spirit. God, we do trust You. Not only for this day, but for any and all days You have in front of us. We trust You and You alone. We trust you, God. Surrender to you. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I need you more than ever in my life. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Lips to speak. Hands to serve. And feet to go. Let us be all in everything for you, God, in every way. Not just in words, but in everything that we do, say, and act. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We repent of what we've done wrong. We repent as a church. Lord, we want to be your church. Your church. (laughs) Representing you. We give you glory today, God, for you're an amazing God who loves us. And you have a plan for us in your work, which is amazing. God, we embrace it fully in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Those that need to stay and pray, you do that. But God bless you. Have an amazing new year with him. He loves you. God bless you today. Thanks for being here online and in person.